Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. We have been MIA. It's been a long time. <laughs> it shouldn't have left you. Without we got a strong rhyme to step to. <laughs> the line we were looking for was without a dope pod to step to is the uh but anyway, that was Dave Lackford chiming in. At least he's on point. He's on brand. Uh, he's filling in this week for Rob. Uh, Dave, how you doing? I used to roll up. This is a hold up. Ain't nothing funny. Stop smiling. Be still on nothing move but the money. Ha ha. There we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's why Dave's back on. And, uh, and joining us from Texas, Nick Kruger. Nick, how's it going? On your mark, ready, set, let's go. Dance floor flow. I know. You know. <laughs> 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 that was the, that was the closest thing uh, that Nick had come up with off the top of his head. So anyway, we're back. We're sorry we've been you know. Hey, cut us some slack. It's the off season. We had the five star challenge. We had all types of grandiose plans to uh, to have recruits on the podcast and whatnot. But uh, there's got to be some type of idiom about uh, the best laid plans or something because it, it didn't happen. We it was it was uh, chaos uh, in terms of trying to get everything done. So. Anyway, we're back here. We're back again. I'm going on vacation next week, so I wanted to make sure to get one in. Uh, Rob's on vacation now. Must be nice. Uh, so, so, so here we are. We want to remind everyone: tell a friend, leave us a review on iTunes, spread the word. We will be ramping up. No more missing time, especially once uh, we get a little bit closer to the season. So, we'll jump right into it, guys. Boy, I wish I kind of wish Rob were here because. He's been he's been really mad as of late about this stuff on Twitter. Now, recently, Rob and I were down in Bradenton. And I, I think I think this is since the last time we recorded a podcast, and uh, we're at a Ray Lewis event uh, with uh, Under Armour. Now, oh, you know they bring the they bring these good players in, give them some clothes, let them run around, yada yada, right? So uh, Ed Reed was there working the camp, and. Uh, Afterwards, he decides to, you know, give a speech and he starts off by saying how he was a two star recruit. Nobody wanted him. Blah, blah, blah. Rob and I kind of looked at each other like he was a two star recruit. You know, he was a class of 1997, you know, before rivals existed, before any other companies existed. Obviously, there was recruiting magazines. There was Tom Lemming and stuff like that. But. For the most part, we consider the rivals era, the star ranking era to begin, you know, around 2000. So, so I went and did some research. I was looking up some stories, as I've been known to do. And I could only find one article referencing him as a two-star, and that was from 2011, I believe, on Bleacher Report. And it was not sourced. It was linked to a high school newspaper. So I said, well, this is weird. And I just kind of let it go out of my mind. Well, here we go this week. Ed tweets out a picture. I was a two star, and I, I, how many retweets you, have you have you guys been following? How many retweets do you think it has now? Huge numbers, huge, <laughs> tremendous numbers. Fake news, uh, nothing burger. It has twenty one thousand retweets and ninety three thousand likes. So uh, now, unfortunately for Ed. It's dubious. This is not a why you always lie in situation. But, you know, I, I recently listened to a podcast with Malcolm Gladwell where he talks about how memories change over time. Uh, and I think this would be one of those situations. I went back. I read a bunch of articles. I found a bunch of stuff about Ed from back in the day. And uh, from all indications, he was highly recruited. I mean, 
they were he was he was in the newspaper in Tennessee saying he was supposed to visit there. Uh, there was talk about, you know, there were articles about him committing to Miami. Uh, here's, you know, Tigers get five recruits, Hurricanes get uh, Destrahan's Reed, Star Treatment was one headline, all Metro football team, recruiters dive into deep talent pool. I mean, you know, you tell me, that's a lot of talk about a guy who is supposed to be under the radar. And when we think of a two star now, most of us think of guys who are going FCS, low low FBS, and maybe have to work their way up. There's still plenty of two stars that make names for themselves. But so let's jump right into it, Dave. I know you've been passionate about this topic. I, I'm not going to say I don't think I don't think Ed is maliciously, you know, you know, trying to mislead anyone. I think it's in his memory. Now he was a two star, even though, of course, recruiting wasn't like it was now. You know, 21 years ago. So what's your take? All right. Well, speaking of Malcolm Gladwell, he wrote a book called Outliers, right? Yeah. All right. So first of all, Ed, you weren't an outlier. You went to Miami in in the peak U era, right? We're talking national championships. We're talking all the wide rights, wide lefts, all that stuff going on. And you go to a powerhouse program, right? But what I think he was trying to do was empower these kids who feel like they're not getting a fair shake, um, that you know, may, may, may be a little undersized, maybe a step too slow and trying to say, you know, if you keep working, you're going to make it. The problem I have with that is, you know, you see people tweeting out that J.J. Uh, Watt was a two star. Antonio Brown was a no star. Um, those those guys are the outliers. Those are the exceptions to the rule. You don't point to the exception to the rule and say that's the rule. If you do that, then you tell kids, hey, look, you know, Bill Jobs dropped out of Harvard and, and he became a billionaire. Right. And it's like, yo, if you if you're in Harvard, don't drop out. You're probably not going to be Bill Jobs. You're going to be a manager at Starbucks. You don't point to the exception to the rule and call it the rule. That's like saying Barack Obama's the president. He's black. Racism's over. Like, What are we talking about here? No, no one has any critical thinking in 2018. It's just like whatever makes me feel good, I'm going to accept that as truth with no critical thinking. And it's just annoying to me, man. I, I, I don't consider myself the smartest person, but I mean, I do have a JD. I do have a law degree. I passed the bar my first shot. And I didn't do that by not applying critical thinking to, to everything that I've been told and um, questioning why all the time. So don't get mad at me if I'm on Twitter and I'm saying to myself, I'm saying to people, hey, look, this dude was not a two star. Um, there was no star rankings back in 1997. And he went to Miami. The two stars we're talking about today are going to, like you said, you know, Tennessee Tech or, you know, Ball State if they're going, you know, somewhere or Southeast Missouri. And, and you know, go go work hard and, and perfect your craft for sure. But don't be telling – don't give false hope to people and act like, you know, don't worry about anything. Just focus on football and you're going to make it. No, man, get that education and, and you know, put your time in in the classroom and, and, and excel that way and, and be educated and, and use the fact that you got a full ride to go to school that a lot of people didn't. A lot of these kids are going to school for the first time. And uh, the first the first person in her family to go to school. So 
you know, take advantage of that situation and, you know, football, you know, do your best and, and excel and, and train and put in all the time and effort that you can to make yourself great as a football player. But don't make it like, dude, you got a shot at the NFL because in reality, statistically speaking, you don't. So that's that's my beef with it. <laughs> Nick, how about you? <laughs> Preach. Take a man, say I, it louder for the people in the back, Dave. <laughs> I can't, yeah, I know. I, I don't even know. I, I mean, I, I, I can't. Even, I can't even top uh, a Bill Jobs reference. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, I think, was he's talk about it. <laughs> oh, you know I mean? hey, hey, you know. I, how many names do we go through every single day? My yeah, bad. Bill Gates was a two, Bill Gates was a two star for sure. Um, if Steve Jobs ran a forty and a four four, I'd remember his name. But you know, he made a bunch of uh, Apple products where I can't charge my phone up if I plug it into my computer at work because they now I got to go buy another fifty dollar freaking uh, charger. So screw you! I'll, I'll confuse your names with Bill Gates. I wish that I wish it was Bill Jobs because then maybe the the equipment would be compatible with other brands. <laughs> I wish it was Bill uh, Jobs. You know what I mean? You know, it's a, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs couldn't even. We're starting to rant early, baby. <laughs> yeah, I see it now. Steve Jobs couldn't even code, so he was definitely a two-star computer uh, programmer. So, uh, anyway, okay, Nick. Well, you don't have to chime in on that one, but well, well, I'll, I'll just say this. I mean, it, it seems to me like you know, at the very, at the very, here, here's the thing. It doesn't matter to Ed Reed ultimately what what his ranking was, and it probably didn't at the time that that he was being recruited either like Dave was saying, and he ended up going to Miami anyhow. But what ends up happening is um, somebody, you know, are we, are we going to sit around and think that, that Ed Reed made that edit for himself and then, you know, uh, tw- tweeted that out on social media for that to take on a life of its own as well? And, and just by the nature of the fact of, you know, him being who he is, things are going to go viral like that. So, um, you know, I don't think I don't think there was you know any sort of maliciousness in uh, in terms of and, and we and we can't take things personally either as recruiting reporters because it's just it just happens to fall in line with what we do for a living. But um, you know, I think I, I think Dave, I think you touched on it somewhere in there about having more or less just having like the two star mentality, quote unquote, is to you know just uh, go out there go out there and keep grinding as they say and let things take care of themselves because. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of clout chasers <laughs> as I've been seeing on uh, social media as the new as the new phrase du jour. So, um, <laughs> well, you know, so I think I think that's really all that all that all that was going with that. I don't think I don't think our boy Ed meant to create a uh, create a monster as 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 we've started our show off with. Well, here's why I think it rubs us the wrong way. Number one, from from Dave's perspective, like you said, we're not applying critical thinking here. We're just because I mean, I I tweeted out some guys who were actually ranked as two stars, and I got a bunch of people saying, "See, this is proof rankings are completely irrelevant." And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, I could do the same thing with five stars. You know what I mean? And anyone who can apply basic math can say there's only thirty five stars a year, and twenty five of them make it to the NFL, and there's two thousand two stars, and you know, five of them make it to the NFL, you know? So if you apply any type of logic to that one, you're going to come up with the same, uh, the same answer. So it continues to happen. We now had Deion Sanders get in on the mix. Uh, it, well, Man, don't get me started on Deion okay. Sanders. Yeah, although we definitely don't want to get you started. He, he brought up Deion Sanders specifically to get you going again. So let's hear it. <laughs> so Deion says, well, look, look. before you start, Dave, let's, let's read Deion's tweet. 
Uh, yeah, read which it. Dion is on this kick lately where he's evidently a, a coach giving advice, right? And respect is respect is very important to him because he's very redundant okay. about okay. it. Okay, all right. Being all disrespectful. Right. Okay, <laughs> be careful, Dave. We don't want to have to edit the five. We don't want to edit stuff out. So Dion says, high school ballers, stop getting caught up with this star or that star. A lot of three and four and five star players ain't what you think they are. And some are better than where they're ranked. You're on the same field with the same opportunity shine. I didn't have a star in high school, but I became one for show. Hashtag prime. Which, okay, yeah, Dion, you were one of the biggest recruits of that era. You know, like you went to Florida State. Now that's where our boy Deuce Skywalker chimes in and says, Prime, you're 100% right on them stars not meaning nothing when the lights come on. But I got to know, you and Ed Reed both claim and hardly anybody knew you come out of high school. How'd you both end up at two of the top football schools in the nation? <laughs> Which is true. J.J. Watt went to Central Michigan, then had to walk on to Wisconsin to make the team and then gain 80 pounds or whatever. That's a story. that it, it, He could say anything he wants. But these guys who were recruited to Florida State and Miami, I mean, come on, guys. Can't we? Can't we harp on something else? So, 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 Dave, what do you want to say about about Dion? And don't and don't use the words you used before we started recording the podcast. All right, listen, I I had to do some research, right? So I said, all right, well, what were Dion's accolades, right? So, uh, you know, I, I quoted Wikipedia, right? This isn't this isn't a journal review here; <laughs> it's a podcast, a sports podcast. So, forgive me, but I quote Wikipedia in 1985. Sanders was named to the Florida High School association all century team which selected the top 33 players in the 100 year history of high school football in the state that would squarely put him as a five-star recruit all right now he also he also just keeps tweeting this stuff about like i can't coach your kids and and i don't have the exact quote i'm not gonna find it i'm not gonna even waste my time but he said something to the effect of like i can't coach your kid if he's disrespectful lazy disrespectful (laughs) he said disrespectful twice in the same sentence and it's like come on man if you're gonna pontificate to me on a textual format at least be on uh eighth grade writing level man (laughs) what are we talking about here bro um it's just it's he wasn't that guy i mean i remember reading bo knows bo when i was a kid and and bo jackson actually mentioned Deion sanders and if you talk about bo jackson you're talking about a kid who overcame a lot a stuttering problem abject poverty and all out there in alabama and he said the exact quote in the book and i'll never forget it because it was the most country homely thing i've ever heard it was it was Deion Sanders crackers don't float well in Bo's soup, you know, and it's because Deion wasn't like the poster child for like, you know, humble kid. You know, he was a brash dude. He told the New York Giants, I'm not reading your phone book size playbook because I'm not even going to be available when you draft. He's t- he's a, a college kid telling that to a team that's going to spend millions of dollars on him. So who is he to talk about players being disrespectful? How's that not disrespectful? So it's just like, come on, man. Like You forget what it was like when you were a kid, when you were the, the flashy star that everybody loved. 
And and that's where he made all his money. He made his endorsements money because he was D. It was prime time. I remember him and Tim McHire played for the Falcons together, and they were called Stereo Corners. You know why? Because they were always running their mouth. So now now all these kids are supposed to be humble and, and quiet and, and, you know, yes, sir, no, sir type players. You You weren't that. So why are you putting that on other kids to do that? It's ridiculous. It's a double standard. It's garbage. There you go. That's my <laughs> ring. Stephen A. Smith sounding garbage from you. Uh, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you put pontificate in there too, which is. <laughs> I go from pontificate to garbage. I'm eclectic. You know, my my my, my lexicon is expansive. It's all over the yeah, place. Here. Yeah, we driving my lexicon vehicle all over the four lane highway. No regard for anybody else. You know, we should keep the recorder on you all the time because when not your, your your vocabulary shrinks quite a bit uh in in real life um to mostly cuss words <laughs> but so i succinct man <laughs> i agree with you on the, the you know this this whole act that we go through and not to mention Deion sanders you coach in the under armor all-american game and ed reed you're hoping you're holding these elite events who are the players they invite they're the guys that are ranked high you know so let's Come on, guys. Let's have a little, you know. And there was a couple of people who said that, who, who replied to some people, being like, "Well, why, you know, why aren't there any two stars playing in these all star games?" Then, well, yeah, yeah, that was me. Oh, was that? You? Yeah, you might have jumped in on that too. But it's yeah. All right, let me. All right, so Justin Allen, who was a scout for Under Armour, he said, "That's why I don't care about how many stars you have. That's just someone's opinion. But the game tape is facts you can't deny." Not everyone will see the star in you, but that doesn't determine how far you will go or where you will end up. And that's a quote tweet of Ed Reed's, I was a two-star, to which I said, that's right. Plenty of no-star to two-star players get selected to the Under Armour All-America game every year because film doesn't influence star ratings at all. What are we talking about here? Are we not looking at film? <laughs> yeah. How many, how many, you know you know much huddle video I watch? My DMs are open and I got everybody's dad sending me, uh, you know, hey, check out my five foot seven, 130 pound running back who plays JV. And I, and I watch it. <laughs> I'm watching film. You watch film. Nick, I know you watch film. What are they talking about here, man? G- give us some credit. Just just give me some credit where it's due. Don't act like I haven't logged over like a thousand dollars in rental car fees and 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 all this gas money to drive out to the Appalachian Mountains in Kentucky to watch a football game. I have, you know what I mean? Which is even better than film because I'm live. I see, you know, like Mike Farrell said, I've never seen the interception on a quarterback's huddle film. You know what I mean? Like we're not just out here just shooting off the hip. We're, We're actually doing the knowledge. There's some kind of science to it. Sure. It's social science. It's not hard science, but it's, 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 we're trying to pin jelly to the wall here. We're trying to predict like, you know, projections from a high school kid going to the NFL. Are we going to miss on some kids? Yeah. Are, are some kids going to be off schedule with their growth spurts? Look at Keelan Cole. He's with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was here at Central High School in Louisville. He was five foot nine coming out of high school as a senior. And he, he went to Kentucky Wesleyan. And over the summer between his senior year and his freshman year, he grew four inches and he was a six one receiver who can run. And, and then he went undrafted in the NFL and then, and then this year he had 700 yards, three touchdowns on 40-some catches, made a couple plays in the playoffs. Did we miss on that kid? Nah, because he wasn't even drafted. So it don't matter how many – he went D2. <laughs> but kids grow. Not everyone grows on a steady slope. 
Some kids yeah. grow on like a staircase where they're stuck at five nine for two years, and all of a sudden they grow in college, like JJ Watt. Well, and to, and to that point, like more credit should be given to the kids that are the two stars that end up being, you know, that end up being those guys than than anger directed at the people that were ranking them when they were in high school. That's that's where the you know that's just where the fundamental imbalance is. It should be credit should be given to those guys as opposed to. Uh, fury directed in our direction that's all right exactly and there are plenty of guys that we missed on and i know uh, you know the the farther we get down the road where you look at a guy and you say man you know i really i knew he was good like like jair alexander for example somebody i went back and looked at his profile i mean we must have put him in six or seven different top performers articles so it's like why didn't we rank him higher? You know, <laughs> we knew he was good, but he was still a three star. And then he went in the first round. And I talked to Friedman about it. I said, what happened, dude? Well, he started out, he was committed to Charlotte. And then he was all over the place. You know, we couldn't really pin him down. And, and, and he slipped through the cracks. So he's one that you really kick yourself on because he went to things and he did well. We should have known him better. We should have at least ranked him a four star. But then you look at a guy like Bradley Chubb, who Nick and I both saw play in high school. I mean, we, he came out to the five-star challenge, and you're talking about a guy who's gained 80 pounds and grown an inch, probably two inches since he was in high school. There was no way we could project that was going to happen. He was a skinny guy who looked like a hybrid outside linebacker defensive end, you know, maybe an undersized defensive end. Well, look at him now. He's a monster. <laughs> right. And that's just – that's what – Everybody missed on him. The whole industry missed on him. I remember Chad was was there. We were – you know, I think Bradley was there. He was in Atlanta, yeah, he right? He was there hanging out, yeah. He was there, and uh, yeah, he was a topic of discussion, and, and, and the points you brought up were, were discussed, and it's like, you you can't, you can't project a kid gaining 80 pounds in college. Like, you know, we look at the athletic base of the kid and say, does he have any growth potential? Absolutely. But 80 pounds? That's, that's Malcolm Gladwell outlier status, right? So did we miss on him? I don't know. Now, I... I I would think that the biggest miss would be uh, Le'Veon Bell because, I mean, that kid was 6'1", 220 in high school, right? And he was a two-star. So if we're going to say who's a miss, I mean, at least we could have had him as a three-star. He committed to Michigan State. Like, yeah, but I, commit to a big I think and Nick runs into this problem every year. He committed after – he was a late – After the final after ranking. The final, uh, he was a late take. He wasn't a guy we really paid attention to, you know? So I, but, Nick, Nick yeah. panics about that every year coming down the stretch uh because there are guys that's what that's why i've got so many kids ranked in texas ahead of time yeah and then everybody and then everybody comes down to me and says nick you got so many three stars that don't have any offers and i say well i don't want dave lackford yelling at me later <laughs> i'm going to yell at you nick i'm going to be like you know what what are you doing here bro come on you need my help send me some film bro <laughs> yep I'm gonna just I'm just gonna afford it all to you because no no not all <laughs> relax bro so all right moving on we spent a lot of time on that Dave, Dave really took us to church there so uh, it, hopefully let the church say amen right, hopefully hopefully people enjoyed that as much as Nick and I did uh, so moving on we got a Dave sent me this this week it's is a Twitter heavy show. He sends me a, a tweet here from Jacob Copeland, who was uh, quite the character. We remember him from last year when his mom walked off the stage at uh, during his live announcement on ESPN when he committed to Florida instead of Tennessee, uh, and that caused all types of drama. So he tweets today, top 2019 wide receivers don't want to come to UF because they're scared to compete. 
And then he put the uh, the emoji of the guy throwing something in the trash, the peace emoji, and the zip lips emoji. So if we look at Florida, and Florida fans are really <laughs> poor Florida fans. They finally get a new coach. They run Jim McElwain, one of the nicest guys I ever dealt with. They run him out of town. Now they get Dan Mullen, and recruiting is not exactly you know through the roof right now. They're ranked 32nd in the country. They actually have two wide receivers committed. Both of them are three stars. One of them committed before Dan Mullen claimed the town. Another committed in February. And by all indications, I mean, things are going pretty slow. They've got four four stars. Uh, you know, obviously Rob would be better to talk about this, but two of them are from Georgia. One's from, one's from Virginia and one from Miami. So, I mean, they've only got one four star from the state of Florida committed, which is, which is crazy to think about. So, uh, you know, I, I guess we can kind of talk about that first. Let's talk about Copeland running his mouth, running his mouth. I always think the transition from when a guy's a recruit to when he actually starts school is interesting because they're still, it's weird because you're still in that recruit mindset, but all of a sudden, you know, nobody's really talking to you anymore. And then, uh, and then shortly thereafter, you know, uh, you go to college, but you got to wait and you just kind of hang out and be, be lonely. So what's your guys' take? We'll start with you, Dave, since, since you're on a roll today. I mean, you pay attention to the Gators. Uh, what do you think about our boy Copeland? I mean, I feel like receivers don't have a lot of success there. Um, they're not a they're they're a power running game team. Um, Felipe Franks did not set the world on fire. Malik Zaire transferred there, and uh, when a when a kid has one year of eligibility and he transfers, you expect them to be the guy. He wasn't. Uh, they have trouble airing it out. If I'm a receiver, am I going to go to Florida? Um, at this point in time, no. Now, Dan Mullen might turn things around and that offense might get an uptick in production. I, I expect that to happen because Dan Mullen is a very good offensive minded coach. And I think he's going to make some things go, you know, make things go this year. So if, if he does that on the field, you're going to see an uptick in recruiting for Florida because they're going to be like, all right, you know, they got an offense and, and I'm going to get film and I'm going to produce and, NFL scouts are going to be like, okay, I got something to work with there. So um, it's a little, you know, he, he, it's a little premature to be uh, out here talking trash because uh, Jacob, um, if I'm you, I don't really want the top recruits coming in pushing me for my spot. You know, assuming he plays wide receiver, is he going to play receiver for them? Yeah, I believe so. That's the plan. Yeah. So I mean, like, I, I, I get it. I like the competitive spirit. But you know, if I'm if I'm giving him legal advice or or, or life advice, <laughs> I'd say, hey, you know, you know, th- don't write a don't don't let your mouth write something that your backside can't cash. You know, uh, Nick, what do you think? Well, I mean, just from a talent perspective, I would say that the one guy out of Texas that is a possible commitment to Florida in the near future would be Elijah Higgins, who's in the uh, just outside of the Rivals 100. He's, just took he's amazing, by the way. I love that kid. Who's a very big, very strong receiver would do well in the SEC. We'll see what happens there. But you know, I mean, they, pe- people people are confusing the prestige of the Florida program with what Dan Mullen hit, did well at Mississippi State, which was uh, recruit guys that kind of flew in under the radar uh, or didn't come from you know talent hotbeds and uh, you know and produce successful team. I mean, what what was Mississippi State's record you know last year? Then they still win nine or ten games. I mean, you know. On, and and he's done and he's done that you know almost on a year in 
your uh, basis there. So, uh, you know, when you combine those two things, and like you said, he he has a, a track record of being a successful offensive-minded coach, I think things will turn around. But as a recruit looking at Florida and, and what you can take from what you could see on the field last season, I mean, I, I would say – you know, we can still say that the jury's out on Filippi Franks or, who, you know, who else do they have at quarterback that really inspired a lot of confidence from a talent perspective, not not necessarily talking about the the scheme that they used last year, just from a talent perspective, uh, do receivers feel confident in the quarterback that they have coming in, whether it's Dan Mullen coaching or not. So, uh, and then and then furthermore, you have Miami, who's been recruiting better uh, in the state of Florida with, with the success and uh, that they've shown with with Mark Richt, and then obviously Willie Taggart coming into his old stomping grounds, and as a coach that everybody's excited about at Florida State, who didn't really see a major drop off in in his recruiting success, uh, despite being a new coach there. So you know, there's a lot of little ingredients coming into play there. Uh, you know, just to kind of pinpoint and say, oh, you know, receivers don't want to come to Florida. I mean, there's you know, there's still some things kind of kicking around that got to sort themselves out. I think. Yeah, I just think if you're, I, I understand why Florida fans are frustrated, just because. Uh, where things are, but you still got to be patient. I mean, it's still early. I just, you got to remember a lot of times with the new staff, like you mentioned, Taggart's going back to Florida. Dan Mullen hasn't been in Florida for years. You know, he wasn't recruiting elite players from Florida to Mississippi state. Taggart was trying to get guys to Oregon. So he, he had guys he'd already started on underclassmen, you know, that him and that staff had been recruiting. Uh, Mullen was not in that position. Mullen has been, always been a guy who takes, you know, talented players, uh, but not the not the the best of the best. Takes guys like Dak Prescott, who is a high three star, turns him into an NFL player. You know, we and and then maybe sprinkling a couple five stars who grow up in the backyard in Mississippi. He's going to have to work on uh, developing those relationships, and I think n- next year would be his big class. But uh, I don't know. I see why they're a little antsy. So uh, one of the reasons I mentioned earlier, while we were we were gone, while we were away for so long, is the five star challenge. It's kind of been all wrapped up. We've talked about it a lot. It's kind of in the books, but uh, we we could weigh in just a little bit on on what we liked most and what what we saw. Uh, yeah, I know Dave. I know you had wild opinions, of course, all over the place about everyone. I was really <laughs> I was really impressed with mine and Nick's team winning the championship of the seven on seven for the first time in our five year history. Congrats, Nick. What was that the first? Did did we not win it the first uh, the first year that no, we, we came lost? Back? We lost due to Sam Bruce cramping and a Minka Fitzpatrick uh, wanting to play off it. Oh. Now, that team, as I that team featured Minka Fitzpatrick, Thorpe Award winner, Roquan Smith, Butkus Award winner, and uh, Bryce Love was our running back uh, who won the uh, Doak Walker Award this year. So take that for data. No, no other team can boast that kind of resume. And I have a feeling we might have had this, that team again this year, Nick, because we had uh, Justin Flo, who I view as the top player in 2020, even though he's number two overall. Oh, let's start with him. Dave, what did you think of getting to see him in person? Because I love him. He's been – I was pushing for him for number one overall. Yeah, that, that kid is – is um, he's an outlier for sure, man. He's a freak. He can run. He's big. Big dudes like that aren't supposed to be able to run. And, you know, as they say, he got that dog in him. Uh, I, I very much like him. Another 2020 kid I think that's right up there with him was uh, Keely Ringo from Arizona who won the Fastest Man Challenge. He's 6'2". He's, style, he's like 190, maybe 200. He's a big guy. And when I saw him, I'm like, yeah, he's a safety. He's a high-hip guy. And uh, uh, Nick gave me some 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 flack 
for saying high hip. He's like, what the heck does that mean? But normally when you see a guy who's like all arms and legs, you're like, well, I don't know if he can change direction. But he was out there covering dudes. Like he's a legit corner. He's a he's a Jalen Ramsey type guy, man. I really liked him a lot. And and um was he on your team? Did you draft him? No, nah, he was on you know what? The guys at Adidas had told me Let's let's move him up the board, and uh, I did a little bit, but yeah, he didn't get drafted by us, unfortunately. But I didn't know him. I mean, I he's from Arizona. I don't even remember seeing him at the camp, really. Well, he he's on the map now, man. He's on the map. He's a guy. I, I really like him. Now you drafted Bo Nix, yeah. right? Bo Nix was your quarterback. Yeah, well, and that was pure scouting by me. I had the whole weekend to watch him at the tournament the weekend before uh, playing with Cam Newton's team, and I said, "This is a guy that's going to bring us a championship quarterback." Talent very lacking and this he, year, and, and he 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 nailed it. Not only did he lead us to the championship, he took over play calling duties. He was like he he became the coach. Right. He was the coach. And you know what? Here's the thing, right? When we talk about quarterbacks, you know they always say that like what's behind the ears is the most valuable trait in a quarterback, right? And so this kid became the coach of the team, started calling the plays, and won you the championship. I mean, is there any better case to make this kid – we need a five-star quarterback in the class. I mean, is there any better case for a five-star quarterback than a dude who takes over the play calling from an NFL player? Who was, who was your coach? Uh, Priest Holmes, NFL former NFL MVP. Priest. <laughs> Hey, shout out to Priest, you know, but hey, look, man, Bo, Bo knew what's going on out there. He's he's out there calling the plays. I mean, is he he's cerebral, bro. He's he's a leader of men. He's he's hey, I'm gonna whenever they ask for the ratings bump, I'm I'm gonna say I think that Bo Nick should be a a, a five star. Yeah, he's gonna be in the mix for sure. Of course, he's committed to Auburn. I think Spencer Rattler, who was not at our event but but did really well at the Elite Eleven, is gonna be in that discussion as well. So. Nick, did you have any takeaways, anything you wanted to add? Well, uh, during the seven-on-seven period, I was fortunate enough to really primarily watch our team because I was shooting video, um, so I wasn't able to bounce around quite as much. But, uh, you know, I've been telling everybody that would listen, and, and it shouldn't be a surprise uh, for a guy that's the a top 10 player in the country, but I, I just could not be more impressed with Trey Sanders and the and the job that he did out there. Uh, at a, as a running back, it's not – an event no, no camp is really an event that's that's designed to specifically feature you so much but trey found ways to be uh exciting both in the open field tacking tackling drills and and seven on seven so he was on the receiving end of a lot of deep passes from our boy bo nicks um which you know which is an element to his game that i think a lot of people probably didn't think that he had um you know and then and then furthermore Derek Stingley you know I, I what do you think's gonna happen with Derek after after this week this past yeah, week I don't, I don't know what the narrative is I mean I you know I feel like you know him and Theo East insist on going against each other every single rep Theo got the best of him but I mean you know what are we talking about here with like some three yard slants I mean is that what we want to see I mean <laughs> you know so, some of these the problem is none of the DBs seem to do well at our event or at the opening so what does that mean? I mean, that means, you know, personally, sometimes one-on-ones, it can be overrated. When you've got Stigley making, you know, game-winning interceptions in the end zone, you know, of a, of a very important game, you know, I, I tend to weigh that more. But, you know, obviously I don't make these decisions around myself. And it seems like, you know, some other people might be stocked down on him. What was your takeaway? Well, I'm, I'm just curious to think about what the – the broader the broader storyline is going to be for the 2019 class. I mean, if if the potential is high for him to not stay as the number one player, 
coming out of coming out of that um, event or or for, you know I post opening as well. I mean, here, are, are we going to go the entire cycle with having a new number one player every every rankings update or what? Maybe there's a lot. Of, it, there isn't a clear clean cut number one guy. If we're going to go to safe route, we put Bo Nix there because he's a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you're, for real, like they're going to take a quarterback number one. So let's make Bo Nix the number one guy if we're saying who's going to get drafted in the first round, right? I mean, let let let's not let's let's play the smart. If you go into the casino, and, and you know you're not going to put your money in the game of chance, you're going to put your money where the the odds are good, right? So we say that Bo Nix is the number one player in the class because he may be the number one draft pick because the NFL is going to value a quarterback higher than they're going to value a, a corner, right? Um, so I, I don't know. I think another guy that moved up, speaking of interceptions, game-winning interceptions, is um, the, the Constantine kid that's committed to Clemson, a middle linebacker. Now, we know that these events don't don't showcase how good an inside linebacker is, right? But that kid had three picks. He was amazing. He's smart. He was all over the field. He knew he was in the right position. He had good hands. He could uh, he could run. You know, that, that kid's a guy. I mean, he's he's rated in the back of the 250. I think if anybody gets a bump, that, that kid definitely showed me that, that he's a, you know, a kid that can be a, a deep cover two kind of guy who can drop back and uh, cover tight ends on the scene. I really liked that kid. I was impressed with him. Um, I thought he did well in the cat and mouse drill. Um, I, I really liked that kid. I think he's uh, ranked too low. I think he should get a big bump. So, so you mentioned we were talking about number one. You've been coming with this, Dave. You know, you don't you don't do the rankings like us, but uh, you've been at a lot of events. You mentioned you submit some feedback. If you so, who would you pick as your number one? Not 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 based on what you said about Knicks, but uh, who do you think is the best player? in the class then man i i it's it's hard to go against bo nix <laughs> i mean the guy it's i mean it, it's seriously it's hard to go against him i mean the dude's out there calling plays for his backup quarterback he's got a live arm he's big he can move he's not a statue a statue, not a statute. I'm not talking about. I just got off work, so. <laughs> but he, the, the, he can move around. He can do some things. I mean, Bo Nix might be that guy. I mean, it's the safest pick. You know, Stingley. Stingley looked good. Theo Weiss looked good. Um, freaking, um, I don't know. Number one is so hard. That's why I'm glad I'm not a national rankings guy because it's it's you know i'm glad i don't have that burden on my back like you guys have to pick who's the number one player in the country i'll tell you exactly what's going to happen is this as soon as we start the rankings call mike farrell's going to come on and be like well i think this guy's number one and i don't think there's any discussion about it i don't know who who he's going to say but he's going to he's going to open up the call with that that very funny about that is he's the godfather mike comes in mike won't tell you what he's thinking ahead of time and then he comes in guns blazing just like like just like uh, just like Nick said, and we'll have arguments. Believe me. Now, if you could have been on the call, Dave, the ta- the year that we and I don't think Nick was on this call either. When it came down to uh, Miles Garrett against Deshaun Hand, Mike and I got in the biggest argument. I was I got so mad because I wanted to make Garrett number one, and I mean we went at it to the point where Mike just put you know Mike fills out the sheet. He puts. Hand number one and Garrett number two, and I spent the rest of the call referring to Garrett as the number one player. <laughs> we'd, we'd be talking about it. They'd be like, "Well, what about this offense? What game. about this offensive lineman?" I'd be like, "Well, he went against the number one player the whole week," and he was like, 
<laughs> on the same team. I was like, no, him and Garrett weren't on the same team. <laughs> and, you know, needless to say, uh, I won that one for sure. I mean, I was so mad. I, he's one of the ones that, that has been definitely the, the biggest – one of the biggest arguments we've ever had was, uh, was that year. Uh, and, of course, you know, I, I, there was some – you know, I was not a big fan of Tua, as Nick would, would tell you. Uh, you know, I've, I was never a fan of his. I just – he never really did it for me, especially in a camp setting. Um, but you know, I saw him as an underclassman, maybe just sometimes you see a guy, he has a bad day and it sticks in your mind. Uh, yeah. So that and you can't do that. Cause that's a small sample size. Like Trey Knox, like we saw Trey Knox in Nashville. He didn't have the best day. Right. But Trey was so good in the seven on seven portion. I mean, the guy dominated, he was six, he's six, five and he can run. He's just, he's just plucking balls in the end zone. Like it's nobody's business. I really like Trey Knox. I think that he should get a little bump too. Um, and I, I think he'd do a good job. What do you like? Nolan Grohl, uh, the kid that's committed to Wake Forest. He's a four-star, right? So everybody says, oh, if they commit to these small schools, they get a drop, right? Well, Nolan was committed to Wisconsin. He decommitted. He stayed home. He's from North Carolina. He's from Cornelius, um, which is an exurb of Charlotte. And, dude, how impressive was Nolan Grohl out there? in the one-on-one portion of the camp and during the seven-on-seven events. I mean, you made him the MVP at the Nashville camp, and I kind of was like – I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. Charlotte. When you it was did in that. Charlotte, yeah. It was in Charlotte, yeah. I kind of – I hated on you a little bit. But then he went out to the five-star challenge, and, and I mean, what a competitor. And he, he's, he's very elusive. He's uh, a great route runner. He's got great hands. Um, and he just made play after play after play. He's only 5'11", but, I mean, a 5'11 slot receiver, that's that's Christian Kirk's territory, right? I mean, the guy's a dude. I, I really liked him. And, and so good job on you to identify him at Charlotte. And then uh, he comes through with the five-star challenge against some of the best players in the country and, and really showed what he can do. So, you know, I, I like him a lot, too. So props to Woody for doing that. All right. So time to move on. Officer Friedman might come through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> might be hearing the sirens here before too long. Yeah, keep right, that yeah. up. Well, no, 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 no. Because that, shout out to Adam because he also was was big on Nolan as well. And I would give, I would definitely give the officer some props. Why do we call him the officer? Is he really a cop? Is he like campus police <laughs> no, in Maryland? Yes, because yes, he is. It's because of those. <laughs> That's awesome. It's because of those sunglasses he wears, where he looks like a bike cop. Uh, he looks like Cartman. Like respect my authority. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of mannerisms uh, that that fall in line. He 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 may have missed his calling. Yeah. He definitely he got on me at the Columbus camp, right? So there's a kid Isaiah Cummings, and he's he's going up against one of the best DBs that was at the camp. I can't remember his name, and so I'm like, all right, Isaiah. Like, it wasn't like, all right, Isaiah, let's go. It's like, all right, Isaiah, let's see what you can do against this top competition here. And Adam goes, there's no cheering. You don't cheer. <laughs> I was like, whoa, my bad. And Chad was like, yeah, that's why he's the officer. <laughs> it shut you down. You break the law. You know? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, he, he, there's a lot of officers. I've seen him boss around cops. So, you know, he definitely – he's embraced the nickname. At first I get in trouble for calling him that. But uh, you got a good nickname. Go with it. You know, that's what I always say. People call me all types of names. I wish I had a good nickname, but my name is already Woody. So, uh, you know, what do you need? But all right, time to move on. We would do Tweet of the Week here. However, what do we do? We need to do Tweet of the Week because we already read a million tweets, right? I think you get the Tweet of the Week, Woody. Which one? When you Okay, so 
uh, Trump posted something about like, here are my top three, uh, or something like here are the top three candidates for the Supreme court vacancy filled by, uh, Kennedy. And you were like, that's a weak edit for a top three. Yeah. So <laughs> strong clap to you. Uh, that, 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 that actually is in my wheelhouse as a lawyer and as a recruiting analyst, it was a weak edit and you nailed that. So props to oh, you. Yeah, it was meet the press that tweeted it. Trump narrows Supreme court shortlist top three contenders emerge. You know, these, guess what? These news meet the press could take some notes. Get, get our boy, uh, what was our what was our boy the quarterback from down in Louisiana? I can't remember his name right now. Anyway, get Coach Brown on the phone. He does a lot of he does a lot of sweet edits. I mean, think about it. He still hasn't got me verified, by the way, Coach Brown. If you're listening, you you were supposed to get me verified, and I still don't have a check mark. So major major violation. Get you verified. I don't know. I just put it on him irrationally, and now I'm like, I'm sticking by it. You know, he's verified, and I'm not. And I'm like, well, I, what's up, Coach? I Brown? think you missed a big wave of verifications, and then that stuff happened with like alt right people being verified and whatnot, and then Twitter shut down the whole verification system. So, I think you'll be waiting for a while on that one, Dave. But uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to Red Dream Shatterer. Sorry. What do you want back? Dream Shatterer. That's your nickname, uh, George. <laughs> Dream Shatterer. Uh, let's move on. Carl Malone out here. <laughs> let's move on to rants and recommendations. Uh, I've got a couple of rants, of course. I don't know if I have any recommendations. Uh, oh, you know what? I got. I got both. You guys. What do you guys got? I got a recommendation. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll forfeit mine to let you guys run out the rest of the show. So go for it. Dave, go first with your recommendation. All right, number one. So I'm going to harken back to the first time I was on the podcast talking about panhandlers, oh, right? So if we got any panhandlers, listen, I was in Atlanta, and Woody told me that the panhandlers in Atlanta are aggressive, right? But I had this one panhandler out there, and he had a very creative sign. He was a very ugly man. Uh, he had like three teeth right. and a big unkempt beard. But he's his, well, what'd you expect? What do you expect, Dave? Well, hold on, time out, time out, time out, time out. His sign said, I'm too ugly to strip, any money will help. And I said, you know what? That is the kind of creativity that I want to see out of my panhandlers. Because I laughed. I laughed out loud in my car, in my rental, and I rolled my window down and I gave him five bucks. Five dollars, you know. So that's you know what? That's and that's akin to me saying. If you're going to ask for an organ on social media, give me something. Yes, go. Yes, yes, absolutely. He gave me something, or he gave me a laugh. He brightened my day with laughter and joy, and I am dead inside. So, props to that guy by the interstate on 85. You know, you earn that five dollars. That sign was very creative. So, if you're out here panhandling, make your cardboard sign funny, and people will hook you up. He he got. He got money from the three cars in front of me, too. He probably made $10 while I was sitting at that stoplight. So that's my recommendation. If you're out there hustling for some change, make your sign funny. Because, yes, he was too ugly to strip, and it's in Atlanta, which is known for Nikki's and Magic City. And so it, it just fit the narrative. It was great. It, it, was, all, it was great. It, he, he earned that dough. Props. Real, real quick along those lines, Austin has you know a bunch of panhandlers as well. And there's a guy, there's a guy on the intersection, or when you when you come off of uh, you know one of the highways and you get onto Congress um, to turn left, there was a guy that was out there for weeks at a time, only had the same sign, and it said just got out of prison for 15 years or something like that. I'm like, 
who's going to want you to approach their car mm. asking for money when you have a sign that says you were just in prison for 15 years? I mean, come on. You had 15 years to think about a better sign than that, and that's the best you okay. could do? All right. This is the critical thinking that I'm talking so, about here, Nick. That's Let's right. Get your nuance. So, uh, <laughs> geez. I, uh, I got accosted by a panhandler just yesterday, as I told Nick about it off the show. I guess I'll share the story real fast. I was pumping gas, had my headphones in. Guy pops out from the gap from the uh, gas pump on the other side and says something to me, and I couldn't hear him. I said, "What?" And he says, oh, "You give me some gas." And I was like, "You want me to pay for your gas?" And he he got so mad. He he was like, "You know what? Forget it." He goes, and he says to me, "He says, tell you what, next time there's a war, you go fight in it." <laughs> <laughs> i feel very safe if woody's out there fighting which the point i said i said okay <laughs> and then he goes and buys goes behind his goes behind the pump again then he pops out again and says i i've i fought i went to war and fought for your freedom and now i regret it and i was like you know and this was not like a this is not like a mentally challenged this is a person in a car this is not like somebody who's homeless or he may might be homeless but he was in a PT cruiser. He got a car. He was in a homeless. PT cruiser. You know, <laughs> so it was a. It was definitely a real scene. So I, you know, I feel I feel bad. I have a soft spot for homeless people. So, uh, you know, I don't want to harp on that topic too much. But anyway, uh, speaking of of uh, homeless people, I've got a re- my recommendation is a little bit old. It's for the TV show The Runaways, which can be found on Hulu. And Nick, this is right up your alley, boy. It's some type of uh, superhero. So and so. It's done by the same people who did the OC. It's about some teenagers who find out that they have some type of superpowers. Their parents are in some type of cult, and they have to take they take run they they end up taking in runaway people into this church and then sacrificing them to kind of keep this one dude alive who's kind of running the whole cult show. So uh, I would highly recommend watching it, Nick. For you, ten episodes on Hulu, you can bang it out in no time while you're working, uh, which is what I did. So that so that's my that's my. that's my recommendation. Now I've got a couple rants. I'll let you guys choose. I got cotton candy grapes, which I can talk about. I got a social media related rant, and then I have a rant about people dancing. So, Dave, you're the guest. Which one you want to hear? I'm going to go with the social media. Okay, thing. so here's the deal. I'm so sick and tired of people being like. You know, happy Father's Day to my dad, the best dad in the world. And the, and they put on Twitter and the dad doesn't have Twitter. Well, guess what? Dad's never going to see it. So what are you doing? You know, same with Instagram. Oh, happy birthday to the best mom in the world. Well, if your mom doesn't have Instagram, why are you telling her there? You know, it's clear you're turning someone else's holiday and making it about yourself. And, you know, this could be a whole generational rant about, you know, millennials or whatever. But it's like everyone's got to get a piece of the pie. It's Father's Day. If you want to tell your father happy Father's Day, tell you what, get off your phone. Go have dinner with your dad for crying out loud. You know, some of us out here don't have dads anymore. So, you know, that's. (laughs) <laughs> that really stuck in my cross seeing that a lot so so uh anyway stop front well hold on wait 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 let's let's add on to that because i have dad experience so as a dad buy your dad stuff that he doesn't want to buy right like i'm a dad i don't want to buy socks i don't want to buy a vacuum cleaner i don't want to buy a lawnmower right and I need socks vacuum. Well, I got a vacuum. I need socks and I need a lawnmower. 
buy your dad a lawnmower. Like your dad would be psyched if he gets a lawnmower, especially, but don't buy one without the bag. Make sure the bag comes with it because then you, you got to go out and buy the bag too, right? So I, I, I need to mow my lawn. It's hot. Louisville is like 105 degrees on the heat index, the hottest place in the country the last two, three days. Buy your dad a lawnmower. Go, go buy your dad some stuff that you don't want to spend money on. So that's that's my Father's Day or, or, or rant thing right there as a dad. And all you dads out there, I'm sure you feel me on that. So anyway, my bad. My bad. How, uh, Woody, go ahead. <laughs> I need someone to come mow my lawn right now. I'm in the dire straits, isn't it? Where are the kids? There's no – these millennials, man, they're in there playing their video games. When I was growing up, I used to go out and shovel snow and mow lawns. I would get all kinds of crazy dough. And I'd, I'd go up to Kmart. Because Walmart hadn't taken over everything, I'd go buy like five boxes of baseball cards or whatever. You know, you don't see the kids walking around the neighborhood with the with the the lawn mowers or the or the snow shovels anymore, right? Have you have you so, noticed? So I, did you use it? No, I was hustling from the time I was like eight. You know, in Oregon, it's firewood. You know, stacking firewood, cutting firewood, and whatnot. You know, I had a kid. Yeah, Nick, make sure to put a make sure to put a Rick Ross every day. I'm hustling <laughs> uh, edit on this when you go back and do the. Do the production. So, so I had uh, Dylan, a uh, local kid in the neighborhood who had posted on next door saying he was looking for work. And of course, you know, I put Dylan on the grind. I had him moving rocks. I had him doing And I said, you know what, Dylan, we can hustle all types of people in this neighborhood. I got all these. Moving rocks and hustling can be interpreted two ways. Okay, so be well, <laughs> I have all, I, <laughs> I have all the equipment. I told him, I said, Dylan, I've got all the equipment. I've got a chainsaw. I've got a lawnmower. I've got a weed eater. I got all types of tools. I see these people. Everyone needs work. I said, I'll cut you in. You get a couple of your friends. You rent the equipment from me. Give me a little taste off the top. And let's, let's do, let's do this thing. You know, I'm lazy, you know, and guess what? Where's Dylan? Nowhere to be found. He's in Spain right now on vacation when he should be here mowing my lawn. So. Sounds like he did good. I, I don't also I also don't want to run with juvenile Woody in a chainsaw. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about now. I said that Dylan let, I'm talking about this is currently, Dave. I have all this equipment and Dylan is a high schooler living in my neighborhood. I said, let's do this thing. Let's you know, there's there's old ladies, there's people with lawns to be mowed. We could be making a we could be making, you know, a mint, but he wasn't What are you gonna do with the chainsaw? I know how to use it. I'm from Oregon, Dave. I, any chainsaw stuff, I would go and wield the chainsaw and make Dylan move this stuff. But This is awesome. I, I want you to change your Twitter avatar to you with the chainsaw. <laughs> next, yeah, next time I'm out, I got a tree to cut down in the front yard, which Nick can tell you all about. Last time he was here, just it's such an eyesore. Um, I might have Cade Mays come down and help me with it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Cade But Mays. anyway... Uh, all right. Well, that that wraps it up. I mean, we were going pretty long here. I got to cook dinner. I got to pack. I'm going to Bermuda. Watch out, world. Here comes old Wood Dog to Bermuda bound. So, uh, oh, wait, real quick. iTunes reviews. iTunes reviews. iTunes reviews. We got a couple. One, I believe, was left by you, Dave. So we're not going to read that one, are we? I don't care. It's a, you're the host, man. There was some, Dave's still bitter about the the ratings being down when he fills in as a host. Uh uh, so we're up to 88 reviews. We are 12 short of 100, and we were we were within shouting distance. We're halfway through the year. Our goal is to get to 100. I think we're going to get there. Please go and leave us a review. So now we have Bourbon Chaser here, which is not – this is not you, uh, Dave. This is somebody else <laughs> who you probably know. 
<laughs> I'm clearly my my guy was like uh, clearly not Dave right, Black. Yes, <laughs> awesome. Awesome podcast, guys, and look forward to each episode. Where can I send a petition to have the guy from Philly be on, be more than a fill-in? Keep Blackford on. Keep up the good work. Now, that's a good that's a good mole to send in, David. The problem is if he would have just said the guy from Philly, but for the fact that his name is Bourbon Chaser, which puts him in Kentucky, and then he mentions your name, we know it's a plant, right? Uh, it's one of my guys, but also uh, Mr. Bourbon Chaser. We don't chase our bourbon in Kentucky. We drink it straight. Uh, at the most, we put it on the rock. So come on, do better. <laughs> but thanks for leaving a review. Though. All right. So please leave us a review. We will. Where's Nick? I don't even see Nick's like line moving here. Nick, are you still there? No, I, I have to mute myself from laughing at you. <laughs> So, or else, or else the audio levels go all over the place, <laughs> so, you know. Uh, we will not have an episode next week unless Nick and Rob get it together, which they have been known to do to make fun of me when I'm on vacation. So, by all means, if you guys do that, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, and, and it had me on there, Nick, because I'll make fun of Woody, too. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? We know that won't be a problem. Yeah, big news. Lackford, did you watch my documentary I sent you? Yes, yes. It was, in, it was uh, a double entendre laced um four minute laugh riot i definitely recommend it woody what where can they find it well right now it's it's still uh it's still it's still hidden on vimeo but guess what we entered it into the bohemia film festival in my hometown of cottage grove oregon where the film takes place and we better get in that i swear if we don't get in that documentary category it's going to be problems because i'm already planning on what i'm going to wear to the premiere so if anybody from I'll give them a preview. What was the name of the tool you used? What was the uh, name was, of it? It was a Fiskers was the brand. Yeah, Fisker. He So Woody goes, here we go. We got the Fisker. Fisker? I barely know her. <laughs> That's a classic. Standard standard joke, which uh, Nick and I make all the time. So Gagamar, what do you think of Gagamar, by the way, my co-star? Oh yeah, he's he's a he's a really good. Um, he's like Robin to your Batman. I love him. He's great. Um, tell him that you know he gets five star review from Rival. All right, State. so that wraps it up. Enough talking about a documentary no one's going to see. But I better be in that film festival, Cottage Grove Chamber of Commerce. Because guess what? If I'm not, guess what that film turns into for you? That's a bad reflection to have me out cleaning off signs. And don't don't think I won't go through and film all the signs that need you know cleaned in the whole city. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, that wraps it up. Why are you like this? <laughs> I will. I'll do it. Try me. Uh, that wraps it up. Uh, M. Deuce, speaking of Cottage Grove, a Cottage Grove native, we have not shouted out M. Deuce in a while. M. Deuce, please play us out with some of that uh, West Coast gangster music. Yeah.